Okay, we're going to start here at the top of Laman Zayin and Aleph, 12 lines down. Just to review where we are in the Gemara, there's, a, there's some charts that I sent out that you can take a look at, some summary charts, plot the sugya, beginning through today's daf, which is that we had Mishnah made a statement, which was unclear. It says that you have a oven or stove, really, that you fire up. And if you fire it up with Giffen and Eitzim, lo yitain, you're not allowed to put anything in there, actually growth. Until you clear it out, or chitain it to afer, until you put on the ashes on top, which is what we call grufa and ketumah. So Gemara does not know what the word lo yitain means. Do not put it in there until it's garuf vikatum. What does that mean, don't put it in? So we had two options about what it means, don't put it in. It could mean don't leave it there going into Shabbat, or it could mean don't return it onto the fire on Shabbat. So that was what the Gemara called lachzir tanan, that was the way the Gemara termed it, or lachshahot tanan. If you believe that it's lachzir tanan, that the mission is telling you that in order to return it onto the kira, you need to do grufa v'ktuma. It has to be grufa v'ktuma, the kira. If that's the case, then we're holding like Hanania. Hanania says that kol shu makamachal ben drusai, as long as it's hooked past the point of machal ben drusai, muter the shato al kira, you can leave it on a stove, afal pishe enu garuf enu katum even if you haven't cleared it out. Because our Mishnah is only addressing returning it. The implications are that going into Shabbat, you can do without clearing it out. You can leave it on there without doing any clearing out. And that is similar to Hanani's opinion in the first parak that we saw. And that's what the Gemara quotes over here. So what will happen in our Mishnah, based on the conclusion yesterday, is if you think that, then it means for Shia, for leaving it on the fire going into Shabbat, you have to do absolutely nothing. You can leave it on the fire going into Shabbat as long as it's cooked, Kemachal ben Drusai. If I'm a Chokot and a Mishnah between Beit Shemai and Beit Hillel, what you can leave on? Beit Shemai says, Chamim, hot water. Beit Hillel says, Tavshil and Chamim. Then for Chazorah, returning it onto the fire on Shabbat, there you have to have it be Garufa Katum, you have to clear it out. And there we have again a Machloket. Beit Hillel says, yes, you can do this. And Beit Shemai says, you cannot return it onto the fire on Shabbat at all. That's one methodology, that's the Chazir Tanan. The other option was l'shahot tanan. When the mission was speaking about being cleared out, that was even to leave it going into Shabbat. And that we based on the Chachamim, the Rabbanan's position. First of all, Mavushal kol tzorcho. And even for Shihiyah, you need Gufak Tumah. That means going into Shabbat, in order to leave it on the fire, you're going to have to have it cleared out. You're going to have to have Rufa and Ktuma. Therefore, whether it's Shia or whether it's Chazara, you'll need it to be cleared out. It doesn't matter. There's no distinction now between Chazara and Shia, for both of them you'll need Grufan Ketuma. Beit Shemai and Beit Hillel argue about Shia. Even after it's cleared out, can you put something on the stove going into Shabbat? Beit Shemai says only hot water. Beit Hillel says even Tavshil. On the other hand, by Chazara, we have the same Machloket that we saw in the other Mandamar, which is that Beit Hillel says yes, Beit Shemai says no. If you want to take a look, you have a basic breakdown in the chart of what it looks like, what the sugya looks like. You have two options, Chazir Tanan and Shahot Tanan. It's going to be important because the Gemara is going to keep referencing them here. Again, we mentioned yesterday that the Zemachlokot Arishonim had a Paskin. Rif and the Rambam, Paskin Lashahot Tanan. And the Rashi, Tosafot, the Balamur, all Paskin Lachzir Tanan, based on the Gonim, Rav Haigon, also who Paskins, that Lachzir Tanan. And we'll see from today's Gemara some of the proofs that they bring, which is Tashma. Dama Rabbi Chelbo, Amar Rabbi Chama, Ben Guria, Amar Rav. So we have a statement here from Rav. Lo shanu It's only true when you put it on top. asur. But if you put it inside, then it's asur. We have a statement here from Rav that simply is a qualifier. The qualifier says that if you put it on top, fine. You put it inside, no good. Now, once you've done that, 
Which makes more sense? Does it make more sense, Lachzir Tanan or Lishahot Tanan? That's what the Gemara says. Iyamart Bishloma, if you say Lachzir Tanan, like we said, that Lachzir Tanan, that it's Chananyo, that our mission is talking about Chazara, Hainu Deshani Bentochal Al Gaba. Then it makes sense that you would differentiate between being inside than being on top. Iyamart Lishahot Tanan. On the other hand, if you say that it's Lishahot Tanan, Mali Tocha, Mali Gaba. Why does it make a difference? So, Let's talk the second statement first, which is, in Lishahot Tanan, you've already cleared out everything there. There is no more coals there. There is nothing left there. You've done gufa, or you put the ashes on top. So the question is, Mali Tocha, Mali Agaba, why does it make a difference anymore? Why does it make a difference whether you stick it into the oven, or you put it on top, like on the stove top? It should make no difference because you've cleared out the coals. The coals don't exist anymore. Why should there be any differentiation? On the other hand, if you think it's Lechachzir Tanan, now here there's a Machloket Rashi, Tosot and the Ramban. We'll use Rashi's chat first, and then I'll tell you what Tosot and the Ramban said. Rashi says, well, if you say the Achzir Tanan, then there is actually a distinction. The Achzir means that you have to clear out the coals to do Chazara. But for Shi'i, leaving it on the fire going into Shabbat, then you can leave the coals here. You don't have to do anything. There would be a big difference between putting it on top and putting it inside. Putting it on top, fine. You stick it inside, you're sticking it right into the coals. So Rashi says that's problematic because that's matmin mamish beremets. That's putting it right in the coals, and we know that you can't do hatmona, but dover shemosif hevel. Now this is Rashi Lashitato, that he believes that the whole problem here of Shi and Chazara is hatmona. And therefore here, if you stick it into the oven, in the coals, how could you do that? How could you even suggest that that is possible? Tosot and the Ramban both disagree with Rashi. The Ramban says this isn't called Hatmana. Put it into an oven that's not called Hatmana. Says there's nothing to do with Hatmana here. And then they both say that it makes more sense. According to one who says, Machzir Tanan, that in Chazara you would differentiate. In Chazara you would differentiate between Al-Gaba and Tocha. Because we know that there's a differentiation in level between Shia and Chazara. According to the one who says Lashahotnan, she and Chazara are on an equal plane. They both require Gufa and Uktuma. If you need Gufa and Uktuma for both of them, what reason there is to differentiate between Al-Gaba and Tocha? Doesn't make any sense to differentiate. On the other hand, according to one who says Lachzirtnan, there's two paths. There's Shia, which there you don't have to clear out the coals at all. There's Chazara, there you have to do Gufa and Tuma. That means that we've already established that Chazara, we're less likely to be matir something. It's harder to be matir something in Chazara than it is by Shi'ya. Because we have a higher threshold. For Chazara, you have to do Grufa and Tuma. For Shi'ya, you don't have to do it. So just like there, you have a higher threshold, so too with the Garbei, Tocha, and Gaba. The way the Ramban phrases it, it's Nira Kimavashel B'Shabbat. That if you put it inside, it looks like you're cooking on Shabbat. You're sticking it right into the oven in Shabbat, even though it's Gufa Ktuma, but you're sticking it inside, it looks too much like you're being Vashal on Shabbat. And Tosafot says that the fact that we are Matir Chazara, but only when it's Gufa and Ktuma, that's enough of a reason to say that we should also distinguish between Al-Gaba and Tocha. That's the way Tosafot and the Ramban learn it versus Rashi. Rashi thinks it's a distinction within Shia. Whereas Tosfot and the Ramban think it's a distinction within Chazara. They're both pointing out, and this is what the Gemara is saying here, that according to one who says the Hafzir Tanan, there's reason to differentiate between Tocha and Gaba. According to the one who says L'Shahot Tanan, there's no reason to differentiate, either because Chazara and Shia have no difference between them, there's no distinction between them, they both require Gufak Tumah, or for Rashi, you're missing the remets. You're missing the coals that make it Mosif Hevel, so it's not Hatmana. There's no reason to differentiate, and that's what the Gemara's statement is. I think the explanation of this Mishnah makes more sense. Tachzir Tanan, based on Rav's qualification. Misavart, so my answer is, Rabbi Chalbo Who says that Rabbi Chalbo is speaking on the Reisha? 
is talking about the latter half of the Mishnah. The latter half of the Mishnah is Beitil Olomrim Af Machzirin. Even according to one of Shahotnan, the distinction that he's drawing is between Tochan and Gaba is in Chazara, not in Shi'ya. So that's Amar Rabbi Chelba, Rabbi Chamer, Guri Amarav, Loshanu El Gaba, Vatochah Asur. And then that's qualifying that statement. The assumption of the Gemara and the conclusion is that by Chazara, we're going to distinguish between Tocha and Gaba, even according to one who says Lashahot Nan. And this is some of the proofs that both Tosot and Ramban bring against Rashi, which is in the conclusion the Gemara thinks it's fine to distinguish between Tocha and Gaba by Chazara. And that must be what they meant in the first place. In the first place, they were talking about like, makes sense according to what it says, Lakzir Tanan, because Chazara, you can differentiate. You see that in the conclusion. The Gemara has a problem differentiating within Shi'iyah. So the Gemara's conclusion is, even according to one who says, Tanan, the qualification of Rav is not on the entire Mishnah, it's just on that last, last piece in the Mishnah. The last piece in the Mishnah says, Chazara. Betilel's Matir Chazara. Rav says, you'll only do Chazara if it's on top, not if it's inside. And you'll say for the same reason, like the Ramban says, it's Mechzeikim Avashel, whatever reasons that we would have. On Shabbat, we're going to have a higher threshold. Even though the Dinim are exactly the same for Shia and Chazar, according to this Mandamar, your Grufang Tumai, everything's cleared out. Nevertheless, on Shabbat itself, we still have a higher threshold. Because before Shabbat, we don't care if it looks like you're cooking, because you're allowed to cook. But if it looks like you're cooking on Shabbat, that is a problem. And then it comes out, at least Gabay the Ashkenazim, that Mechzeikim Avashel becomes a problem on Shabbat itself. Even though we put a blechan both for Shia going into Shabbat, we put a blechan on Shabbat to return things to the fire, we have an additional threshold that we have to cross on Shabbat itself that it shouldn't be mechzeikim avashel. shouldn't look like you're cooking. And so that's some of the distinction that the Ramban draws here in Chazara. By Chazara you have this mindset that you have to also worry that it's on Shabbat. And if it's on Shabbat, you got to worry about people thinking you're cooking. So therefore we have a distinction between putting it on top versus putting it inside. And that distinction will apply both to the one who says Lachzir Tanan or Lachot Tanan. There's a reason to differentiate in Chazara because it's on Shabbat. And equally, even though for the one who says Lachot Tanan he doesn't differentiate between Shia and Chazara, still... Because it's on Shabbat, there's still reason to distinguish, even though their dinim are exactly the same. I say Tashma. So I have the next case, which is Bet Kirot. The case where you have two burners, Shtei Kirot, but they're in Hamatimot, which is an interesting case here. You have two burners that are next to each other. One of them was Gufang Tumah, one of them is not Gufang Tumah. But there he had, one of them was fueled, the coals were still there, and one of them was not. The coals were cleared out, everything was fine. But they're right next to each other. So this, Breit says, Achat grufak tumah, v'achat sheine grufak tumah. Mishahin, agave grufak tumah, ve'mishanim, al sheine grufak ve'enek tumah. You're allowed to put items on top of the one that is cleared out, that's grufak tumah. You're not allowed to put items on the one that is not grufak tumah. Umahin mishahin. What are you allowed to leave on those that are grufak tumah? Beit Shemai Omrim, Veloklum. Beit Shemai says, absolutely nothing. Tilel Omrim, Chamin, Avalot of Shio. Hot water, yes. Cooked items, no. Akar, if you took it off. Divrei Akola Echazir. Chazara, not allowed to do. Divrei Rabbi Meir. So that's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Meir's opinion is, that here we have a Gira that has two burners, two tops to it. The one that is, Eina Gufak Tuma, you can do nothing on it. Absolutely nothing. The one that is Gufak Tuma, then, if it's Chazara, you can't do anything on it. Chazara is out, according to Rabbi Meir. Shehiya, Shehiya you can do on it, but it depends. According to Beit Hillel, only hot water. According to Beit Shema, you can't even do Shehiya. 
That's the way Rabbi Meir explains this brighter. Rabbi Hudo Meir, Rabbi says, no. That, Beit Shemai Omrim, Chamin, Avalot Tavshil. Shemai says that you can put on hot water, but you can't put on cooked items. Beit Yelah Omrim, Chamin, Vit Tavshil. Chamin, in Tavshil, you can put on it. Beit Shemai Omrim, Notlim, Avalot Machzirim. Beit Shemai says you can take it off, but you can't put it back on Shabbat. You can even put it back on the fire on Shabbat. According to Rabbi Yehuda, again, the one that is not cleared out, you can do absolutely nothing on. The one that is Gufang Tumah, then for Shihiyah, for leaving it on going to Shabbat, everybody agrees you can leave stuff on there. It's just a question of what. Bechamai says, only hot water. Bechamai says, hot water and Tavshil. Chazara, to return it on Shabbat. There again, we have a Machloke. Bechamai says, no Chazara whatsoever. Bechamai says, you're allowed to do Chazara on Shabbat. So now the Gemara says, If you say, Lishahot Tanan, we're following the one who says, Lishahot Tanan, Matnikan Mani, Rabbi Hudahi. Who's the author of our Mishnah? Rabbi Huda. Because then Rabbi Huda will have an identical position to that which is found in our Mishnah. Now it's easy to see this in Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda has the Machuk Beit Shemai Beit Hillel exactly like we have in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Beit Shemai says no Chazara. Beit Hillel says yes Chazara. Our Mishnah says, Beit Shemai, Chamin, yes, Tavshil, no. And Beit Hillel says, Chamin, and Tavshil, yes. And that's exactly what Rabbi Huda has in the Machuk Beit Hillel Beit Shemai. What is the case in which Rabbi Huda says that's all true? Rabbi Huda says the case where it's true is where it's Grufa Uktuma, where it's cleared out. So if that's the case, Rabbi Huda, if he says, that means that he thinks where it's cleared out, you're allowed to do Shia and Chazara, only where it's cleared out. That would fit with our Mishnah. If you read our Mishnah as being a case of Lushahotanan, that means that you believe even to do Shia, you have to do Grufang Tumah, then Rabbi Huda is the author of Mishnah. It's the exact same. This is identical to our Mishnah. Rabbi Huda's opinion says that when it's Grufang Tumah, you can do Shia, you can do Chazara according to Beit Dilel, and the opinions line up perfectly. So now we have an author to our Mishnah. On the other hand, if you say, like Mandamar, that it's Lachzirtnan, that it's talking about our Mishnah's Chazara, but for Shia, you don't have to do Grufang Tumah, Matnitan Mani. Who's the author of our Mishnah now? Lo Rabbi Huda, Velo Rabbi Meir. Neither of them can be the author of the Mishnah. I Rabbi Meir, if Rabbi Meir is the author of Mishnah, Kasha Beit Shemai Bechado, or Beit Hillel Betarte. You have a problem for Beit Shemai in one area, and Beit Hillel in two areas. And that is because, Rabbi Meir believes, first of all, that you can only do this when it's Grufang Tumah. And, when it's Grufang Tumah, Beit Shemai says, no Shihiyah. In our Mishnah, if you learn Lachzir Tanan, Beit Shemai says, you're allowed to do Shia, even when it's not Grufa Viktuma, and you can do Chamin. So the fact that Beit Shemai allows Shia in the Mishnah, where Rabbi Meir says there's no Shia at all, even when it's Grufa Viktuma, Beit Shemai says no Shia, that's a problem for Rabbi Meir. His Beit Shemai will not line up with our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says Shia, you don't even have to do anything. And when you don't do anything, Beit Shemai says you can put in hot water. Rabbi Meir said, first of all, it has to be Grufang Tumah. And even when it's Grufang Tumah, Beit Shemai says nothing. So that's one problem for Beit Shemai. And Beit Hillel Betarte, you have two problems with Beit Hillel. Because in our Mishnah, first of all, Beit Hillel says, you can do Chazara if it's Grufang Tumah. And Rabbi Meir says, no Chazara whatsoever. Even when it's Grufang Tumah, no Chazara. So that's one problem for Beit Hillel. And on the other side of, of Shihiyah, our mission says, when it's not Grufang Tumah, Beit Hillel says, you can do Shi'ah, Chamin and Tavshil. The mayor says, number one, it has to be Grufang Tumah. Even when it's Grufang Tumah, it's only Chamin. So therefore, you have two problems with Beit Hillel and Rabbi Meir's position. I Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda is in the position, Kasha Grufang Tumah. Because Rabbi Yehuda says, only Mater Shi'ah, when it's Grufang Tumah. The way we read our mission, when we say that, means, 
Even if it's not Kufan Ketumah, you can leave it on the fire. So we have no author to our Mishnah then. Nobody is the author of the Mishnah if you believe the Achzir Tanan. So the Gemara says, the Olam Eim Lechal Achzir Tanan. Now our Mishnah is a case of a Chazara. And by Shia, you don't need Kufan Ketumah. But Tanadidan, in our Tan holds, Savarlak Rabbi Yehuda Bechado, Public Lei Bechado. He agrees with Rabbi Yehuda in one part, and argues him in other parts. Savarlak Rabbi Yehuda Bechado, Bechamim Betavshil. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda that when Beit made their statement, they made their statement both about Chamin and Tavshil, not solely about Chamin. Rabbi Meir says Beit only said it by Chamin. Behuda at least agrees that it's by Chamin and Tavshil. So they agree, and that's what we pointed out before, that Beit and Beit have the exact same statements in Rabbi Yehuda's version of the Brayta, as well as our Mishnah. The only question is, are they talking about the same thing? That's the answer. The answer is no. When it comes to Shiafo Pishino Garufu Katum, Yehuda Savar Bidu Shahot Nami Garufu Katum in Ilolo. Yehuda believes that only when by Shia, when it's Garufu Katum, you're allowed to do it. Otherwise, no. Our Mishnah holds that the case, Beit Hillel Beit Shemai's qualification statements were made about a case where it wasn't cleared out. So, Enel Garufu Katum. Whereas, the bright that Yehuda brings, he says that they're talking about only when it's Garufu Katum. So that would be the machlok between the Rabbi Yehuda in the Brayta and the Tan of our Mishnah, who agrees with him that Beit Hillel is matter both Chamin and Tavshil. He believes even when it's not Gufa Tumah. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda thinks it's only in a case of Gufa Uktumah. Sayyidina Chanami, you're right. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir are not the authors of our Mishnah. And we have another Tana. It's a third Tana that's the author of the Mishnah. And he subscribes to part of what Rabbi Yehuda says, but not entirely to the position of Rabbi Yehuda. Say bye, Luhu. has a question. Mahu lismoch ba. Can you be Sumeh? Now, Rashi and Tosafot say that the question of the Gemara here is below Grufa. It's a case of an oven or stove where you did not clear it out. You didn't clear out the coals. You didn't put ashes on the coals. So now we know, let's say we agree that you can't put it inside. You can't put it on top. What about putting it on the wall next to it? There's heat that emanates from the stove, from the oven. And you want to put it adjacent so that it gains some of that heat. Are you allowed to do that? That's the Gemara's question here. Inside and on top are asur. But to put it adjacent is okay. Or maybe not. This is one of the proofs to the Rif and the Rambam's position that the Gemara seems to have concluded here that when it's Enu Garuf Katum, no way. The only question the Gemara has here is whether you're allowed to put it adjacent. But inside and on top, no go. Oh, why wouldn't you be able to put it adjacent? Because you might have the same fear. What's the fear of putting it on top? Put it on the side, you're still, you want the heat, you want more heat. So you're going to do the same chitui. Or the other side is what you're asking basically, which is you're doing something out of the ordinary. If you do something out of the ordinary, maybe that's enough to stop you from doing chitui. That's really the question of the Gemara. Is this so different that it's enough to stop you from doing chitui? So the Gemara says, Tashma, kirot hamatimot. You have these two kirot that are adjoined. Achad gufa one of them you cleared out, or you put ashes on the coals, the other one you did not do it. Mishahin agabe grufa aktuma. You're allowed to leave it on the one that was cleared out. Basically the brighta that we just brought before. Ve'afagav dekasalik lechavla mi'idach. Wait a minute. In that case, it's almost the equivalent of a case of being adjacent. Because the other stove oven still has coals in it that are heating it. And you're putting it on the other stove top, which has been cleared out. But the heat from the one stove is going to filter into the second stove. And so because of that, it sounds like adjacency is not a problem. Because there we said no problem. As long as the one you put on the Gufang Tumawat, it wasn't a problem. It says, Dilma shiny hotam. 
Maybe it's different over there. It came into Midlaya Shalitba Avira. There it makes a difference because maybe because there's, it's hanging down into it, then the air around it gives it a chance to cool off. So because the area that is Garufi Katum is empty of coals, empty of anything, and the pot's sitting on top. So there's actually air in between. The adjacency is not perfect over here. It's not adjacent to the wall of the other's oven or stove. It's actually on top of the second stove. That means that you have, in the first stove, you have coals and that are still burning, it's still in there. Then you have an adjacent stove that's empty, nothing in it, or that have ashes on the coals. And then on top of that, you have a pot. That means that there's air space between the coals that are heating here and the pot on top. On the other hand, our question is about direct adjacency, where you have coals in the oven and you want to put it right next to the wall. So then the heat from the wall is directly adjacent to the pot. There's no airspace between them. So that airspace, maybe that makes a difference. Maybe the reason in the case of the Kirota Matimot, the reason we allow it is because there's distance between the pot and the wall or the heat source. Whereas our question is about where you're directly next to the heat source. So when it says you can't bring any proof from that. So Tashma, Tamar of Safra, Amar of Kitma Vinitvlavta. If you put ashes on top of it, and nitvavta, the flame came back. Even though you put ashes on it, it didn't extinguish it, but it came back. Somchimla, you're allowed to put something next to it. Umi aleha, and you can leave something on top of it. Vinotlimimena, and you can take off. Umachzirina. So you have three statements here, basically, which is, number one, you can do smicha, you can put it adjacent. Number two is that you can do shihia. And number three is you can do chazara. So we have a case here of tumah. And if you have tumah, it says here that you're allowed to do three things. Smicha, shihia, and chazara. So when it says, shmamina, from that you can conclude, lismoch nami, kitma in, lo kitma bo. From that you can conclude, only when it was kitma, only when you had put ashes, in there, are you allowed to put it adjacent? That's what the statement says. Ella, Mar says, wait a minute, let's try to understand this. According to your reasoning, it says there you can take it off. So you're going to suggest now to take it off the stove. It would only be the case where you have ashes on the coals. If it's not Ketuma, you can't take it off the stove. That doesn't make any sense. Ella, Tana Notlim, Mishum Achzirin. Why does it say that you can you take it off? Because it's trying to tell you that if you take it off, you can put it back on. But that's not to say that the qualification of ashes being on it, Tumah, is about Notlim. Qualification is only about Machzirin. Hachanami, Tana Sumchim, Mishum Mikaimim. True, to leave a Shihiyah, you need Tumah. But for smicha, you don't need tumah. It's not qualifying the smicha. It's just saying, someich, and then shiyah. Now, the answer the Gemara is going to give is obvious, which is, what's the difference between those two groupings? The grouping of notlinu machzirin, one is the prerequisite for the other. In order to be machzir, you have to be notel. So that's why the Mishnah had to write notlin. By shihiyah, why did the Gemara have to talk about smicha? Adjacency is not a prerequisite to putting it on top of the oven. So therefore, you can't say that the Tana wrote smicha because of Shia. He didn't have to write it at all. So it was a says there's no comparison between this. It's one location. Because you got to take it off in order to put it back on. It's the same location. Putting it adjacent, putting it on top are two different issues. They have nothing to do with each other. You don't have to connect them. There's not one, not one, one's not a prerequisite for the other. Not in the same location. And therefore you could separate them. So therefore, the conclusion from this brighter would seem that you need to have Tumah. In order to have something adjacent, it would have to be Tumah, Amr of Safra, Amr of Chia. 
Kitma, only if there was Ketuma, can you put it adjacent. Again, the Reif and the Rabbam bring this as another proof, because he also said that for Shia you need Ketuma. And that's another proof to their position, that Lishahot none. It's another proof to the Reif and the Rambam. So, my Havi Allah, what's the Psaq Alokha? What's the end game here? Tashma, Kira Shisikua B'Gefetu Beitzim. Kira that you fired up with Gefet Eitzim. Somchim la ve'ein mikamim eleim ken grufa b'tuma. So here you say, somchim la, you'll have to put it adjacent. Ve'ein mikimim, but you can't do shia unless it's grufa u'b'tuma. So again, this is another proof to the riff in the Rambam, that in order to do shia, you need grufa b'tuma. But it also answers our question about somchim la. Are you allowed to put it adjacent? Over here it says you can put it adjacent even if it's not Rufa and Ketuma. Gichalim she'amamu. If you have coals that were ebbing. Or you put on leftover chaff of the flax. Harihi Ketuma. That's the equivalent of Ketuma. Here you have a statement that says Ketuma allows you to do Shia. Tuma, you don't need to do in order to do smicha. So we have to answer our question. Smicha, you don't need to have gufan tuma. Glad to put it adjacent without it being cleared out. For tuma, it gives you a number of ways to do tuma. Again, whether you put ashes on it, whether you have coals that are ebbing, that are flying out, or you put on the chaff of the flax, all of those are considered to be tuma. But again, you see like the riff in the Rambam, it seems like the Mara thinks, in order to do shia, you have to clear it out. Tosafot, here it says, don't extrapolate this, that you can put something next to the fire, because our case over here has a wall in between the coals and the object you're trying to heat. But that would not mean that you can put something next to a fire without any separation between them. If you put on ashes, but then it's, it refired itself. It, it was able to overcome the ashes that you put there. You're allowed to put on it items that are fully cooked. It means water that is fully cooked. Or a cooked item that you can put on there as long as they are fully cooked. A couple of things here. First of all, again, you see that you need grufank tuma to do shihiyah. Prerequisite for shihiyah. Again, like the riff in the Rambam. And number two is, you can only do it with something that is fully cooked. Can't do it with something that's partially cooked, only something that is fully cooked. Now, Now, from this you have to conclude that an item that continues to cook, it improves it, that that is mutar. Because, as Rashi points out over here, otherwise, there's no chiddish inside of the statement. What did he teach you? He taught you that for shi'iyah, you have to do grufang tumah. Okay, great. Number two is, he taught you that it has to be fully cooked. Okay? That's not any Kiddush here. If you want to do Shihiyah, and you do Grufang Tumah, and it's fully cooked, of course you can do it. That's the most Machmir Shita that you could have. The most Machmir Shita you can have is that you require Grufang Tumah for Shihiyah. And number two is that only when it's fully cooked can you put it on there. Rashi says, that's the Kiddush over here, that it must be the only Kiddush that he has, is Mitztamek V'yofalon Mutar. That if you continue to cook it, and it would improve it, it'd still be okay. That's what he's saying here is mutar. That's the chiddush here. So, oh, it's very good. Excellent. So that's what Tosavot says. Roni points out, wait a minute. We had Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda just before who said that by Shia you can't do it unless it's grufan tumah. They said that even when it's mitzamik verolo, it's a sore. So he says there is a chiddush because of Rabbi Meir before. Rabbi Meir says no. Now this is a chiddush to tell you that not like Rabbi Meir. Because according to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, when it's not garufikatum, then even if it's mitztamek viralo, we don't allow you to put it on the fire. And over here, that would be the chiddush. The chiddush would be that we allow you to put it on the fire 
even though it was Kitman Huvara. Even though the fire came back, we're going to allow you to put on the fire in a case where it is Mitztanak Viralo. And that would come to exclude Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. So there's a Chiddush here. And that can't be the reason that the Gemara concluded that it's Mitztamek V'yofilo. So how do we know that Mitztamek V'yofilo? Answer is that Tosavot says that had it been that we considered this to be Ketumah, that was covered by ashes, then why is the statement saying that it's Bishol Kol Tzorcho? Rabbi Yitzchak Ba'nachmani and Rabbi Shaya says it's a case where we have an item that is Bishol Kol Tzorcho. You don't need that. Even if it wasn't Bishol Kol Tzorcho, if it's Ketumah, you can put it on there. Even Rabbi Meir agrees, if it's Shalom Huchmu Chamin, that you can still put it on when it's Ketumah. So it must be that we're talking about a case where it's Lo Ketumah. Oh, how do you know that it's Mitztamek V'yofado? Because Stam Tavshil is Mitztamek V'yofado. The default status of a Tavshil is that it is mitztamik v'yofilo. So if that's the case, and now we are seeing that you don't need ketumah, number one. Number two is, now we allow you to put on bishul kol tzorcho, and stam tavshil is mitztamik v'yofilo, that means that you continue to have a heat source here, and it continues to cook, and it must be mutar. Rashi will answer Tosafot's question by saying, over here, Rabbi Yitzchak bar Nachmani mentioned two items. He mentioned chamin, and he mentioned tavshil. Chamin is something, water, which is something that's mitztamik v'yofilo. It's automatically, if you continue to heat it, it evaporates. So it's negative. The fact that he added in tavshil over here, already teaches you that there's something more that he's trying to say. He's not just coming to be La Fuke from Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda in a case of Mitztamek Viralo. He's adding in Tavshil. Tavshil is already something that's Mitztamek Viralo. And that's why he added in Tavshil, not just spoke in Chamin. Had he just wanted to counter the statements of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, he should have just spoken about water. The fact that he added Tavshil on top of that teaches us that it's Mitztamek Viralo. Shani Hochad Dikitma. This case is different because he put ashes on it. Even though the fire rekindled, he put ashes on here. Tosafot says, that means that the Gemara now believes that this is Kikatuma. This is fully Ketuma. So now we're in a position where it's completely Ketuma. According to Rashi, Rashi says, Rashi doesn't go as far as Tosafot to say this is classified as being Ketuma. But rather, because he put the ashes on here, it's clear that he's trying to cool the fire down. He's trying to cool the fire down, then he doesn't want this item to continue cooking. If he doesn't want it to continue cooking, he's already showed us that he's not interested in the process of the continuing of the cooking. What's the Kiddush then? If it's considered to be Tumah, why is it a Kiddush anymore? So according to Tosafot, if it's already Tumah, we know you can even put in something that's not fully Mivushal. So what's the Kiddush over here? According to Rashi, if he's already Mareh his dot, that he doesn't want this, then why do we need anything else? The answer is, Huvara Yitzdichalei. This is not a simple case of Ketumah. It's not a simple case where you just put the ashes on the fire. This is a case where the fire rekindled itself. I would think the fact that when you put ashes on it and then it rekindled itself, that that would be enough to negate the Kitma. So you would have thought that that is not sufficient to be either a Gilui Dat according to Rashi or according to Tosavot to be considered full Ketumah. That would be never have a mina kamash malon. That it, that is the case. So the Gemara says, first of all, let's conclude that it's mitztamek v'yofelo mutar. Rashi says, otherwise there's no chiddush. Tosvot says, stam tavshios mitztamek v'yofelo. The Gemara says, shani ocha de kitma. So here you can't prove anything about mitztamek v'yofelo because the case is a case where fire is no longer kindled. There's ashes on it. It's it's cooling the fire down. It's not going to cook anymore. So leaving it on the fire now, mitztamek v'yofelo. That seemed totally fine. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kitma v'huvara, you put on the ashes, v'huvara, and then it rekindled. You can leave on that, Chamin shuchmo kol tzorcha, and tavshil shubishel kol tzorcho. Similar to the statement we saw before. 
And even on coals of Rotam, which Rashi says are super hot coals, and they do not extinguish quickly. Again, let's conclude. It's the same statement as we had before. The Gemara wants to quote that leaving on it, even when it's fully cooked, says that Over here, you can't say that, because again, he put ashes on it, he's cooling the fire down. What's the Kiddush then? We need it to teach us that even when it rekindled, you're still allowed to put it on. The Gemara says, Then how is this statement of Rabbi Baruchana different from the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nachmani, who said the same thing, name of Oshia. So if you already had a statement from Oshia, why are you saying it over the name of Rabbi Yochan on something that's no, nothing new? There's no way for new information here. It's Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nachmani, I'm Rabbi Shaya. But he's repeating something that Atana said. Now truthfully, it's a bright, so he really could have. Gemara wants to find something new. The Gemara says, Gechalim Shrotam because here, this statement of Rabbi Yochan had one additional item, which is these coals, these super hot coals. And these super hot coals, you're allowed to do it. If you uh, put the ashes on, that's enough, even though they somehow rekindle. So over here you have, again, two statements that you require kitum, you require to be grufang tuma, in order to put something on the fire. Again, like the Rif and the Rambam. Now, we shift, and we have another statement. Rabbi Sheshit Rabbi Yochanan. Sheshit says the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Kirashi sukkah begefet reitzim. If you have a, a kira that was fired up with gefet reitzim, mishayin alech chamin shaloch wumu kol tzorchan, vitavshil shaloch bishel kol tzorchol. You're allowed to do two things here. Number one, you're allowed to leave something on the fire. Number two is you can even leave on the fire something that is not fully cooked and something that's not fully warmed up hot. What would that be? That would be kemachal ben jusai. Who does this sound like? This sounds exactly like Hananiah. This sounds like Lechakzir Tanan. That sounds like in our Mishnah case, where you're allowed to be Shoheh on there, even though it's not Gufak Tumah, even though it's not fully cooked, just like Hananya. This sets up, this Rav Sheshit and Rabbi Yochanan sets up exactly like Hananya. And then he continues, Akar, Lo Yachzir. If you take it off, you can't put it back, Achi Grofo, Achi Tenefer. And you can't do Chazar until there's Gufak Tumah. Zavar, it's clear that he holds Matnitan Lechzir Tanan. Our Mishnah is a case of Lechzir Tanan, and it's exactly like our Mishnah. That he's allowed to do shia even if it's not garuf vikatum, because the garuf tumah required our mission is only for chazara, not for shia. Tosafot says it right on the spot. This is the alocha. Here we are. Kovei alocha. The alocha is like Rav Sheshan Yochanan. This is against the Rif and the Rambam. This is like Tosafot and Rashi. But it seems like we passed on that zero. It's not. Again, the Iran. I sent it out yesterday. The Iran Balamor also goes through how to answer for each of them, how they deal with each side. Each one has to deal with the other one's proof and how to negate the other one's proof. So Amar Rava. Now Rava supports this, which is very important because Rava is a Batra. Rava is one of the later Amoraim, and generally we pass on like Rava because he's a Batra. So now you have Rova coming to support the position of Rabbi Yochanan here in Amr of Shesha Rabbi Yochanan. He says, Tarvayu Tanini. We learned both of these in the Mishnah. We can be Midayak from the Mishnah, both of your statements of Rabbi Shesha. What are the two statements of Rabbi Shesha? Number one, you can do Shia, even though it's not Gufang Tumah, and even though it's not fully cooked. Number two is, for Chazara, you need Gufang Tumah. Those are his two statements. Rava says, I'll get you two Mishnayot that tell that. The Shaot Anina, the case of Shia, we learned in the first parak. You're not allowed to put bread into the oven right with darkness, right with sunset. And not bread onto the coals directly. Unless the crust hardens. Had the crust hardened, it would have been mutar. These are cases clearly where it's not gufang tumah, because it's talking about charal gabi It's talking about a case where you put it on the coals. Here there's no 
And saying as long as the crust is hardened, you're allowed to leave it there. So that shows you that Shia is mutar, even though there's no gufaing tumah. And of course, we're talking about a case where it's not fully cooked, because all you have to have is the crust hardened. That means that the inside is not fully cooked. So here you have a Mishnah. You can see from the Mishnah exactly that. That Shia does not require Gufang Tumah. And number two, it does not need to be fully cooked. The other Mishnah, they're going to bring Rizlach Zir Nami Tanina. Verchazar also. Bitilo Mim Achmav Zirin. Our Mishnah is a case where Bitilo says you can do Chazara. Vagan lo kashu Bitilo el Gufang Tumah. And Beit is only time in a case where it's Gufak Tumah. Of Shehina Gufak Tumah, lo. They don't argue in a case where it's in a Gufak Tumah. They argue on Beit Shemayin, say Chazara is allowed. But they only argue in a case where it's Gufak Tumah. But if it's not Gufak Tumah, lo. And that everybody agrees to. Everybody explained that Chazara is only in a case of Gufak Tumah, no matter how you read our Mishnah. So that's a proof that from our Mishnah, it's a proof that for Chazara you need Gufak Tumah. The Mishnah in the first paragraph is a proof that for Shia you don't need Gufak Tumah. So now I have two Mishnayot that are supporting this statement of Rabbi Sheshit and Rabbi Yochanan. In the end, the Gemara basically asks, okay, well, if that's the case, what do you need Rabbi Sheshit for? If Rav is right that we could have learned these both out of the Mishnah, then what's Rabbi Sheshit teaching us? We could have learned both the Mishnah. Very good. So that's basically Rabbi Sheshit, Nami, Diukudamat, Nitan, Kamashman. That's exactly what Rabbi Sheshit is telling us. Bring these conclusions from these two Mishnayot. This is the proper conclusions to bring out of these Mishnayot. So now you have Rabbi Sheshit, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rovah, who support the position that it's Lachzir Tznan. And again, that supports the position of Rashi and Tosafot, that we pass in that way. Now we have another statement. Amr Rab Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Amr Yochanan. Note here that Rabbi Yochanan gets quoted a lot. We just had Rabbi Sheshit, Rabbi Yochanan. Now we have a third statement from Yochanan before we had Rabbi Barchana, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. So you have like three statements in Rabbi Yochanan's name, and they're all different. It's interesting that you have all these Amoraim that are quoting Rabbi Yochanan and all have slightly different opinions. Kira, Shisika, Begefidu, Beitzim. It's like our Mishnah, you have an oven that's fired up a gift team, Mishain Alat should be reversed. It's Khamin Shuchmukal Zarkhan and Tafshil should be shokor Zarkhan. Vafilu mitstamik viyofilo. Even if it's mitstamik viyofilo. Even if it improves afterwards. Now let's talk about here what, what this statement says. This statement says, first of all, if you have a kirah that is not Kufang Tumat, it still has the coals in it, you're allowed to leave it on. So again, that supports the position of Rashi and Tosafot that you're allowed to do Shia when there's no Kufang Tumat. Number two is, he says, only when the item that you put on is fully cooked. As opposed to Rav Sheshit says, when it's only partially cooked, over here he says, only if it's fully cooked. And if it's fully cooked, you can leave it on there, even with coals in the fire. Well, if there are coals in the fire, that means that for sure we're talking about a case of Mitzvah Kliofo. Remember, opposed to the cases before where they did Kitmah, the Gemara concluded, wait, there's no Mitzvah Kliofo because they already did the Kitum. They put the ashes on, it's clear that it's not going to heat up, it's not going to continue to cook more. So here, they didn't put ashes on, so it will cook more. And you're allowed to do it, so it's mitzamek v'yafelo. Based on that, you have a conclusion that's interesting. You have Rabbi Yochanan over here, based on what Rabbi Yochanan says, saying that shia is allowed, even if it's not gufang tumah. That we can live with, because that's the mishlach zir tonight. But then he qualifies and says that's only if it's fully cooked. We find, Tosa puts this out, there's no Tana who says that. The only Tana we find is Hananiah. And Hananiah says, even when it's not fully cooked, you're allowed to leave it on. And that's what Rav Sheshit said in the Rebbe of Yochanan just before. That even when it's not fully cooked, you can leave it when it's not Gufang Tumah. The statement of Yochanan has no precedent or paradigm in the Tanaim. Because there's no Tana who believes that you can do Shia when it's not Gufang Tumah, but only when it's fully cooked. Because the one who says you can do it when it's not Gufang Tumah is Hananiah. Hananiah says even when it's not fully cooked. Rabbi Yochanan here is an interesting shita because there's no paradigm within the Tanaim. One of the Rabbanan said the Rav Shmuel by Yehuda. Have Rav Shmuel to Amru to Bayu. Rav Shmuel both said, Mitztamek v'yofalo asur. If it improves it, then it's asur. So how could you say that Mitztamek v'yofalo is okay? 
So Gemara says, Amalei, atil late anayado. So you don't think I don't know that? The Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. I have a statement from Yosef, the name of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. It's Tamak Valiyofa, Lo Asur. I know that. I know that's the way the Rav and Shmuel hold. But, Ki Kamina, Lach, the Rabbi Yochanan Kamina. I'm not quoting you, Rav and Shmuel. I'm quoting you, Rabbi Yochanan. And Rabbi Yochanan believes that Mitzvah Valiyofa is okay. Rav and Shmuel believe that Mitzvah Valiyofa is not okay. So now what you have again, and Tosva points this out as well, that Rab believes that in the first paragraph that the din is like Hananya. We had before a statement from Bichelbo Amar Rav that only by Tocha and not Al Gaba. And we said that that was talking about Lachzir Tanan, which means that Rab subscribes to the position of Hananya, which is at Lachzir Tanan. Now we know that Hananya believes when you do this, even if it's Mitztamek V'yofilo, you're allowed to do it. So Hananya, again here we have Rab subscribing to the position of Hananya, which is that you can leave something on the Shia, even if it's not Kufang Tumah. But he qualifies, he says, it's only if it's mitzamek Hirolo. Only if continuing to cook it is negative. But if continuing to cook it is better, then you can't do it. Even though Hananiah believes that mitzamek v'yofalo is okay. So Tosfo points out again, now you have Rav, has no paradigm in the Tanaim. So you have Rav and Rabbi Yochanan with opinions that have no paradigm in the Tanaim, because they both believe that you can do shia on something that's not kufang tuma. But then they distinguish between what was said by the Tana. Rabbi Yochanan said that's only true when it was fully cooked, even though Hanania says it's true, even when it's partially cooked. And Rav and Shmuel say it only when it's mitzamek verolo, even though Rabbi Hanania said that it was in a case of mitzamek Yofelo, he says it's okay. But Tosfo points out that these two statements of the Moraim have no paradigm within the Tanaim. It's interesting that they came to a conclusion that drew partially from the Tanaim, but didn't totally grab from the Tanaim. So now, Amrlei Rabukva Mimeshin the Ravashi. Ravukva Mimeshin says to Ravashi, here's the conclusion. Atun de Mekarvitu the Rabu Shmuel, since you live near Rabin Shmuel, Avidu Kurabin Shmuel, you have to pass like Rabin Shmuel. Anan, Avi Kurabin Yochanan, but we, we're gonna follow Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan who says, Mistamak Yofalo is okay, we're gonna follow him. Rabin Shmuel, you want to live near Rabin Shmuel, you gotta hold like them, and therefore you have to only do it when it's Mistamak Vitralo. But what can the conclusion from here is that, first of all, it sounds like the Paskin, number one, that you can do Shia when it's not Garufa Tuma. The only question is, when it's fully cooked, can you leave it on the fire or not? Yochanan says yes, if it's Mestamek Yofalo, no problem. And Rabbi Yishmuel would say no. Both of them seem to say that it's fine. And these, again, these are the proofs to Rashi and Tosafot's position that you're allowed to do Shia even though you didn't clear out the coals, even though you didn't do Garufa Tuma. I just note for you, the Balamur here says, that when we pass in Aloha, that's only true that you're allowed to do something that's not Gufang Tumah when it's fully cooked, and it's Mitztamek Verolo. If it's not fully cooked, you cannot leave it on the fire. It's the Balamor, who has an unusual sheet over here. He does not believe that when it's not fully cooked, that you can leave it on the fire. Even if it's past Machal Ben Jusai. Amalei Abayi of Yosef. Ma'ol Shahot. Are you allowed to leave it on the fire? Seems like almost, what do you mean? Are you allowed to leave it? We've just been going through this old Gemara. So what's the din? Samlei ha Rabbi Yehuda Mishayle. Rabbi Yehuda used to leave it on the fire going into Shabbat without kufang tumah. Ba'achil and he would eat it. Samlei bar minei Rabbi Yehuda. Don't bring me an example from Rabbi Yehuda. The came into the sukkah who he's sick. Avil b'shabat nami shari the So he says even on Shabbat he could have done this because he is sick. So li v'loch me and you my what's the din for us? Samlei b'sura mishahu. In sura they used to leave it on the fire. The harav nachman by Yitzhak. He was the person who was involved in this case, the person who was medactic with myself, Rashi says, and he left it on, and he left things on the fire without being grufang tuma, and he ate it. Again, another proof to Rashi and Tosvot's position. But then we have Ravashi, I'm a Ravashi, Kamina Kameda Ravuna, I was in front of Ravuna, and he used to leave on it, a parsa de harsana vachal. 
He's leaving on a fish hash on the fire and eat it. I don't know why. I don't know why he allowed this to happen because he thinks it's or because it has flour in it, then cooking it more is actually detrimental. So I'm not sure why he allowed the fish ash to be left on the fire. I don't know if it's because he subscribed to what Yochanan said before that mitzvah v'yofalo is okay, or because he really believes that this, when you leave it on the fire, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse because it has flour in it. So I'm Rav Nachman. Now your conclusion, Rav Nachman, mitzvah v'yofalo asur, mitzvah v'yofalo mutar. Mitzvah v'yofalo it's asur, mitzvah v'yofalo is mutar, similar to Rav and Shmuel. Follow the milta. Here is the general principle. Called eat be mecha mitzdamik rolo. Anything that has flour in it, continue to keep it on the fire is detrimental to it. The var mitavshil delifta. The exception to that is turnips. Tavagav eat be mecha. Even if it has flour in it, mitzdamik v'yofalo. It's good for it because it draws out the pungency of the turnip. Vahani mili eat be bistra. That's only if there's meat in there. Avalitle bistra. But if there's no meat in there, then mitzdamik v'yofalo. Then it's also the flour will be negative. Vichi eat be bistra nami lo amran. Even if it has meat in it. It's not preparing it for guests. If he needs it for guests, then it's problematic. Why? Because you want to serve your guests whole pieces of meat. The longer you leave it in there, it becomes like a stew and it softens the meat and the meat's going to break apart. And it's not going to be presentable to the guests. So even though, technically, when you keep cooking, it's fine. It's good for the meat. It's fine. But nevertheless, it's going to ruin your presentation. And since it'll ruin your presentation, we say it's equivalent to mitzamek ve'rado. And then, lifta daisa v'tamre mitzamek v'radahem. Dishes that are made from te'inim, daisa is like farina, and tamre made out of dates. If you continue to cook them, it's negative. They bind, right? They dry out and they bind, so then it's negative. But here, just in conclusion, I have a... A little chart here that gives you a conclusion of all the shitot of the Amoraim that we saw here, that, that we bumped into along the way, which is here in this last section, which is the easy one to do. If we have a, a stove that is, Eina Gufak Tumah. It's Eina Gufak Tumah, you can't do Chazara. Everybody agrees to that. The regards to Shi'iyah, we have a bifurcation here. In terms of Shi'iyah, if it is not fully cooked, not fully cooked and Shi'iyah, across the threshold of the Machal Dinsai, there we have the opinion of Hananiah, as well as Rav Sheshit and Rabbi Yochanan, who say it's fine to leave it on the fire. On the other hand, we have another set of Amoraim who say that when you want to leave it on the fire, it has to be fully cooked. And when it's fully cooked, that works even if it's mitzamek v'yofalo. That was Rabbi Yochanan that we just saw. Amar Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Where even if it's mitzamek v'yofalo, as long as it's fully cooked, it's okay. And then we have Rav and Shmuel, as well as Rav Nachman, who say that if it's mitzamek v'yofalo, you can't leave it on. Even when it's fully cooked, you can't leave it on. We also have another set of Amoraim who believe that you can only put something on the fire when it's Grufang Tumah. That's a Kira that's Grufang Tumah. Then you can leave it on it as long as it's fully cooked. Now Tosfot says he thinks that even if it's not fully cooked, even if it's only Kamachal Medusai, Pasha the Gemara is that it's only a case where it's fully cooked. And that is, even if it's Mitztamik Ve'yofelo. That was Amr Yitzhak Bar Nachmani Amr Boshaya. And that is also Amr Abuchan Amr Yochanan. Now the Gemara concluded that you didn't have to say that. But the Gemara was only doing that to not force the situation. But the Pashtut is that Mitzvah V'yofalo is okay according to them. And that would make it consistent. Now we have three Amoraim quoting Amr Rabbi Yochanan. And all of them say that Mitzvah V'yofalo it's mutar. That's the only common denominator between them. The only thing that's common between all three statements of Rabbi Yochanan is that Mitzvah V'yofalo is okay. Because one of them, Amr Rabbi Khan, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, he said it's only case when it's Grufang Tumah. The case of Amr Shmuel Rabbi Yehuda, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, he said that's only when it's Mvushal Kol Tzorchot. 
It's a case when it doesn't have to be Gufak Tumah, but it has to be Mavushal Kor Tzorchal. And then we had Amr of Sheshit Rabbi Yochanan, who says, number one, it doesn't have to be Gufak Tumah, number two, it doesn't have to be fully cooked. So they have three different opinions that are flowing in Rabbi Yochanan, but the only common denominator between them is that they all agree, Mitzvah Kuyafala is okay. And then again, we have the other positions, like Rav and Shmuel and Rav Nachman, who say, only be Mitzvah Kuyafala. And then we have Tananya, which we know is that Mitzvah Kuyafala. We saw today proofs, both to Shita Bratoso and Rashi, that you don't need Gufak Tumar We also saw proofs to the Rifna Rambam's position. And the Allah, as we said before, we're Choshesh. The Shokhanach brings both the pieces down, but we're Choshesh for the Shita of the Rifna Rambam. And therefore, we do put a blech on our flames going into Shabbat to do Shihiyah going into Shabbat. With regards to Mitztamek V'yofalo, we generally paskin that Mitztamek V'yofalo and you have Gufak Tumar, that it's okay. As far as what you can leave on that blech, when we allow the Shia with the blech, you pass on that if it's cooked, kemachal ben drusai, or if it's completely raw, and for liquids it has to reach boiling temperature, then you can leave them going into the Shabbat. We pass in, kemachal ben drusai is enough, that is the threshold that allows you to leave it, and we say mitzvah ve'yofilo is not a problem like the shita of Rabbi Yochanan.